how do I help my small business companies provide them the same thing that the big companies can provide them, but at a reduced cost? Are you paying too much for health insurance? That's the topic we're discussing today. And if you are a real estate broker, if you are a small business owner, if you are a seasoned veteran in entrepreneurship, maybe you're looking at retirement. No matter what level you're at, this conversation fits for you. I'm Justin Kazepis, your host today on Today's Real Talk, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com todaysrealtalk.com. And I am joined by the retirement wealth coach. Yes, that's trademarked. Mr. Stephen <laughs> Crawford is here in the studio with me today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Justin. I'm doing very well. I'm appreciative of being here. This great Absolutely. Morning. I appreciate you being here. And now you may be thinking to yourself, what does health insurance have to do with retirement? Aren't those two separate conversations? And I would say yes and no to that. I would say yes in the sense that healthcare is can, and can be its own individual topic. But you've got to consider health insurance when you're talking about retirement because, guys, life is a long-term play, right? Like Absolutely. Things don't just happen overnight most of the time. Now, of course, you have those random occurrences where, where things can change, right? Somebody just won, what, $1.6 billion the other <laughs> couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago. So, so, yes, things can change, but life is a long-term strategy, so you've got to plan. And what Stephen does uh, – with his 50 different companies that he's got. <laughs> uh, uh, Steve, what is the, the health insurance company um, uh, that you've got? It's Ford Insurance Group. Ford Insurance Group. So so we're going to start today with talking about health insurance, kind of a, a, an, an atmosphere of what it, where it's gone from and where it's leading to, right? Because I think that's what makes it such a hot topic is that we're seeing so much change right. happening in the industry. Then we're going to talk about um, what it's like if you are growing in your business and what are those things you should consider uh, when it comes to health insurance, right? You could be an individual. You could be uh, working for an employer. You could have your own company and you've got employees that you want to ha offer health coverage to. We're going to discuss that. And then we are going to get into some of the different assets or aspects of retirement planning. And because, like I said, Steve's got like 40 different companies, <laughs> so he can help you with many different areas depending on what season of life you're at. But Steve, I want to start with your story, man, because yeah. there's a reason why you got into this. And I think people deserve to hear it. Oh, sure. Why did you get into health insurance and retirement planning? Well, great, great question, Justin. Um, I started 18 years ago with Northwestern Mutual. I got recruited uh, into the financial planning world. And the funny story was there was two different Northwestern Mutual offices that were calling on me. I put my, back then we could do what, monster.com and we oh. put our resume on. Yeah. And, and so I started getting calls from Wall Street. I lived in New York City at the time. Okay. And Fancy. I started getting calls yeah, from Wall Street <laughs> firms. And, and then I had a call with a guy who said, well, yeah, we'll bring you in at Northwestern Mutual and make a long story short. He says, uh, and then the second time you come in, you'll meet the general manager. I said, okay, fine, cool. And I got another call. I'm thinking it's the same company. There are different offices. And okay. the guy says, well, I said, I just got a call from Northwestern Mutual. Why are you guys calling me? And he says, well, he says, well we're, we're located in a different location. And he said, I said, he said, well, are you going in? I said, well, the guy says, just come in, and then you'll meet the general manager the second time I come. He says, you can meet the general manager when you come here the first day. Oh. And so he told me at that time I was a uh, recruiting manager for an IT firm. Okay. 
This was 2000. I'm yeah. a manager of an IT recruiting firm. And the guy says to me, when I have the meeting, and he says, Steve, let me ask you a question. And my son was two years old. He says, Steve, um, can you take off in the middle of the day? And, and if you, if you want to go to your kid's play or game or something like that, can you do that now? He says, no. I said, no. He says, well, can you, are you, is your salary capped? I said, yeah, I get some commission, but pretty much it's going to be where it is. He said, we have uncapped opportunities. He is selling you right now. You, you Did you realize you were getting <laughs> sold right then? Did you? No. No. Okay. All right. But I bought it. Okay. <laughs> so okay. 18 years later, uh, obviously a few years before, uh, prior to 18 years, probably in my 11th year in the industry, I started Ford Insurance Group. Okay. And then Fig Wealth Fig Advisors. Wealth, which, is, which is there on which the shirt. Which is there, which is the retirement. So the funny part about it, I've always been involved in retirement and healthcare planning, but what got my eyes wide open yeah. was a guy by the name of Billy Jordan. Okay. And Billy Jordan is a very, um, that's the word I'm going to use here today, uh, frugal guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very frugal. Okay. And so Billy says to me, he's a big healthcare guy. Okay. All he does is individual healthcare planning from Medicare all, all the way up through. But he knows that I do retirement planning and group benefits. Mm-hmm. I didn't really play in the individual space too much because of the subsidies and they were going away they were rising and falling and i'm like i don't have time for that and then the commission dropped so a lot of folks said ah this is ridiculous you're gonna pay me five dollars for a person this is right i can't afford this right and so what happened was billy said hey you need to come out with me and took me to somewhere in valentine okay for lunch okay i'm thinking first of all as a frugal person as a frugal person <laughs> billy is inviting me to lunch yeah I said, something's wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know how frugal Billy can be. Yeah. So, uh, I love you, Billy, but you are frugal. Yeah. But, <laughs> and so I go there, and I'm sitting down, and Billy starts talking to me about medical cost sharing plans yeah. and some of these big organizations. And I'm thinking, what is this? I've yeah. never heard of any of this stuff. Yeah. And he starts showing me, these, showing me these plans and how inexpensive they are in comparison to your traditional carriers. Yeah. And I said, wait a minute, what's the catch? Right. And so he started explaining various different reasons why people do it and why people haven't been doing it. Right. And the biggest reason, Justin, education. Yeah. They just don't That's know. That's huge. It. They don't know it exists. Nope. You know, I didn't know it existed before we right. before we started right. talking. I had a very limited knowledge uh, of health insurance and, and the different opportunities out there. I mean, if you Google health insurance, right? You Google health plans, right. you get you know fourteen million results in point two six three <laughs> seconds, and, and it's a lot to process and understand. But having someone who's local, right, right. To, to our marketplace here in the Charlotte area, who really understands what are the different options out there. So you obviously took the opportunity then to learn a, a bit. Where do, where do you think that your biggest growth has come from? Has it been come from like independent people like Billy who who have taken the time to teach you or are you kind of more of a self-motivated person? I'm very self-motivated and I've always been the kind of person that I think outside the box mm-hmm. and so when someone tells me that this is the only solution I'm wondering why are you telling me this is the only solution there must be more involved as a retirement planning firm which is Fig Wealth and the healthcare side is Ford Insurance Group. We only own two companies by the way folks. So it's not, <laughs> not 40,000 businesses. He's got trademarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we figured out that healthcare plays a significant part of your retirement because if you go to any of the books and I'm a certified financial fiduciary and a few other designations that I do have, but in those studies healthcare is one of the first chapters you see, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I looked at all of this, my quest and zest for knowledge really is about my clients. Mm -hmm. 
I need to be as knowledgeable in, in a couple of key areas. I don't want to be a jack of all trades just in the retirement and healthcare space. I want to be as knowledgeable as possible because the more I know, the more you know. Right. And the more I can help you. And, and that's smart the way that you're segmenting your knowledge base, right, and what right. the services you are that you offer. Because we got into a conversation about different fields prior prior to, to uh, starting this, and, and we were talking about, you know, you don't do everything, and you shouldn't no, do everything, no. right? So as an attorney, right, I'm not going to advise anybody on uh, marital situations, right? right? I'm not going to. I'm not an estate attorney. I'm right. not a civil litigator. I'm not any of that stuff. I do real estate closings, and, and that's where I focus on. So right. you have taken the approach from the same concept, but from the management, wealth management side right. of retirement planning yes. and also health care and health insurance. Absolutely. And, and what I do is, because of this strategy, Justin, as far as looking at every, every option, and I had a client recently tell me, um, it was a big, fairly large company, and most of the companies, I like the smaller companies, to be honest with you. I appreciate it's, that. It's more personal. Yeah. Right? I get to sit down and, and joke around with Justin and staff. <laughs> and, and so I like the smaller organizations. Some of these guys, they only want, you've got to have so much money before they'll even talk to you. Right. And I don't do that. It, right. And someone asked me the question of, what is well, what is your minimum you'll take? And I say, well, what is your minimum? <laughs> that was probably confusing for them. They probably right, like, what, 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 they want to know what would you be willing. I'm like, no, it depends on your situation. There is no glass slipper effect. Right. That Because I say to people this, and I, and I did this in the book, by the way. I don't know if I told you. No, I'm writing. I wrote my chapter. I, I do know that you wrote We'll get into that yeah, later. An but, author. Yeah, I'm an author. Well, Different company, though. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so I just, I kind of just looked at everything, Justin, and I said, okay, how can I be as, a, how can I be effective if I'm a jack of all? Right. And so I pinned, I looked at it and said, okay, here's where I'm, I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to study these areas within the retirement space and within the healthcare space because they're complementary to each other. Yeah. So what a lot of folks don't realize is that the first one of the biggest bills that you have as an employer uh-huh. is going to be what healthcare benefits. It's huge. Outside of your salary, that's the second largest factor where the small business owner cannot provide that to his staff because it's too expensive. Right. So me being that outside the box thinker. How do I help my small business? Because I feel like I'm a small business advocate. Mm-hmm. How do I help my small business adv- companies provide them the same thing that the big companies can provide them, but at a reduced cost? That's a great question. And I think that deserves an answer, Steve, which is a <laughs> wonderful segue to our segment about, okay, so so someone's looking at the potential of for their business and providing health insurance for employees, um, exploring the options of what their employer is offering, and even if that's worth it to go into that type of plan versus get their own. And then a lot of real estate brokers are 1099 employees. So right. there is an individual aspect, and there are options out there. Oh, now, yeah. can you, you do dabble at least as far as in the individual and you can help them or do you refer them to somebody like billy if they want individual i can help them individually it depends on if they're looking for something that is subsidy driven okay or not if it's subsidy driven there's a couple companies that i can refer them to directly where i don't do anything i just simply say okay go talk to this company right or billy and he'll take care of you right right but if they're non-subsidy related which are people who can't get a subsidy mm-hmm. and their income is over the 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 threshold the, the threshold and so they then come to me and say, well, Steve, I'm a pretty healthy person. I don't. I rarely go to the doctors. We joked about this, yeah. that I've been to the doctor twice in 10 years, folks. Um, 
very healthy. I've been blessed. Thank you, God. Uh, My so, wife would not be happy if that was me. <laughs> right. So, and they gave me a clean bill of health. I've had, well, I've had life insurance exams and stuff like that. And I always pass. <laughs> there it is. There's right. the balance. <laughs> There's the balance. So, and I always pass, you know. So, <laughs> you pass. Yeah, that's know? right. So, all right, good. But you're yeah. always nervous. Yeah, that's like, right. Okay, did, did this, did I, did what? Did it's I, like they're murmuring in the corner. Right, right. <laughs> and you get paranoid. Yeah. So, I haven't been to the doctors in a long time. So, did I develop something that I don't know about now that why I wait for this test results? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But so, uh, but in any event, yes, I can, there are individual things that we can do that are non-subsidy related. And when you, when you think about it, folks, when you're looking at the marketplace, let's mm -hmm. just go back to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. The only game in town is BCBS, okay. right? I'm well, not even going to say their name. Well, you can say it. I mean, okay. Well, <laughs> I think well, people it, can it, Google it. It's the blue. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the, it's the blue. It's the cross. It's the cross. Yeah. Right. It's not the, the right cross, but it's yeah. the other cross. Uh, and quite frankly, when you're the only game in town, you have a monopoly. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to set their rates, and their rates are not, they are what they are. Right. And so I'll give you an example. I remember a young lady who is probably about 60 years of age. She called me up as a referral from someone because I don't actively go out after the individual market. Right. It's all referral driven. Okay. Right? Group space, yes. Ref uh, individual space, no. When it comes to healthcare. Right. Uh, and so. I got a call from this young lady. She's about 58 or 59 years of years young. And she was saying that, well, I was trying to get uh, the blue. And I said, well, did you get a rate from them? And she says, well, no, I didn't see the rate, but I, I was trying to figure out. I said, I'll tell you what, let me go to their site. Yeah. yeah. I typed it up, right? And I said, well, it's going to be $942 a month. Whew. Instant quote from the rate calculator. Is that what you Instant use there? Instant quote. Yeah, yeah. Right? And even though I don't sell it, right. I said, it's $942. I said, now, you have a $6,650 deductible. Yeah. You can't use your insurance until you reach your deductible, mm. right? Um, outside of preventive care. So uh, preventive care, if you folks are not, don't recall, but the ACA, which is the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, as people call it. Here's the funny part about that. I'll yeah. tell you something. I've had people argue me, yeah, I don't like that Obamacare, <laughs> but I got my ACA. <laughs> <laughs> It's a funny conversation. I've seen plenty of <laughs> clips on that that it, it makes me laugh every time. Yeah. And I just have to say, okay, yeah. okay, you're some kind of special, huh? It kind of helps you know who you're dealing with at that right. point, probably. So yeah, yeah. And I'm not necessarily a fan of the Affordable Care Act. I'm just, it just, I just think it's. Well, funny. you talk about subsidies. You know, right. subsidies. I mean, that's what right. The basis of the Affordable that's Care the Act. That's the basis of it. It's yeah. just an extension, essentially, of, of Medicaid. Right. That's really what it became. Uh, the states are different, but, and so. I said, well, she said to me, do you have something else? I've been hearing somebody refer to me. They said, you took care of them. I said, sure, sure. So I went to the medical cost sharing plans. Mm -hmm. And some of the bigger organizations are out there, Christian Healthcare, mm -hmm. Christian MediShare. Mm -hmm. uh, there's Liberty. There are, there are many others. There's Kingdom Health. So and a lot of them are popping up more and more and more. Yeah. Christian Healthcare is probably the oldest. It's been around since 1981. Okay. People don't realize these companies have been around for a much longer time. It's right. just that they've gained so much more popularity because of the ACA. Right. And the rising cost of the ACA. Right. A lot of the funding was cut for the ACA. So it's not. And then we're in the middle of open enrollment, but it ends on December 15th. Okay. So it's an even shorter window than it used to be. Right. Right. And so make a long story short, I asked a young lady, I said, well, this is also ACA approved it's compliant wow she didn't realize it i said yes it's aca approved you get your preventive care at 100 percent coverage this particular plan gave her three doctor visits for your primary at only 20 bucks wow 
you got three visits for your specialist. It's $50. It's now $65, but the price is still the same. She says, what? I said, so if you add the ACA, that's seven doctor's visits. That's like 70 years for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but let's look at somebody more realistic here, Steve. <laughs> right. right. But So that's seven doctor's visits a year. The one is covered at 100% preventive. And she says, well, what about major medical and major surgical? I said, well, this one particular company is an actual health insurance company. Mm-hmm. They are a, a, an actual health insurance company. They're not a medical cost sharing, but they're limited. So what we've seen people do is they've coupled it with one of these faith-based plans. Now they have plans that you can, it's non-faith-based, just a test of believing in something. Right. 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 <laughs> just give me something. Just yeah. give me something. I believe. Yeah. I don't know who it is, but I believe. <laughs> right. And so, and so now you couple that with, which the, the Christian healthcare, the Kingdom Health, Sidera, mm-hmm. these companies act as the catastrophic component. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we've coupled it with an actual limited medical plan. You want to know what her rate was? Yeah, I would love to know. Two hundred eighty three dollars a month. That's substantially for given given age. And because that is a major factor when Mm -hmm. you're talking about health insurance, because what the the insurance companies look at is, okay, how much care are you going to likely need? What are the type of services that are going to have to be provided? A lot of it being specialists. Mm -hmm. I mean, once you reach a certain age, it just is what it is. Look, it's not my fault. I didn't make the human body. (laughs) I just live in one. That's it. So (laughs) that's that's one of the big pieces about this is that what what you do with Ford and and Fig Wealth Wealth is look at the different options mm-hmm. out there for people. So this concept of shared health plans, right? Because you bring that up, and I think that that is obviously the trend as of right now that it's going toward is these right. sh- shared health plans. Absolutely. Um, kind of tr- health trusts, I've mm-hmm. also heard it called. Um, it's a so, biblical thing. You think about it. It's one of those old school, we shared each other's, we helped each right. other. It's like a, they say a village raises a child, right? Yeah. It kind of has that same concept. Yeah. So so when you talk about share, what is actually being shared? Is it just the cost aspect? Are benefits shared? What are those options for, for the individual person? And for Are there shared plans for individuals to join? Like you mentioned the, oh, yeah. the, the, Absolutely. the individual uh, nice lady you spoke with. So she was an individual, right? She's, She's not individual. part of an employer yep. plan, nothing like that. And there are gr- options to join a shared health plan that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. They will go from... They, use, they choose different words. Uh, they won't call it because it's not technically insurance. It's an alternative to insurance, even though most of them are compliant. If so, even though the individual mandate is going away in January, so there would be no more penalty necessarily for not having health insurance, this, if you had these plans, you would be considered exempt from the, from the penalty. Okay. So people don't know that as well. So, yes, they, they use words instead of deductibles or out-of-pocket maximum. They will use what they call IUA. Or okay. member's responsibility. And IUA means initial unshareable amount. Okay. Right? So that has nothing to do with that seven doctor visits I was talking about. This is like a com- combined plan. You can get these plans by themselves or you couple it with an actual limited insurance company. Does okay. that make sense? The limited company that I'm talking about is called Shared Health Alliance. Mm-hmm. I'm a man, I'm, we have a general, we have a managing general agency over the entire East Coast. Okay. And we can do it throughout the country. But yeah, we've been blessed. So, <laughs> one of the many companies, right? <laughs> exactly. So, um, but Shared Health acts as a traditional health insurance, but not catastrophic. Okay. Right? So that's why you couple it with the the Christian Healthcare, the MediShare, or in this case now they've partnered with a company called Sedera Health. Mm-hmm. So they now have this one bill. Mm-hmm. Now you have this combined. I don't like to use the word steroids, but I can, that's the only way I can compare it to. It's healthcare on steroids. Yeah. You're, actually, you're actually going back to the prior ACA having healthcare that 
you can actually use again. Right. Right. So when you look at their, I, I call IUA or M- MRI, MRA, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of saying deductible or out-of-pocket maximum. Okay. Right. So they'll have a an IUA, initial unshareable amount, again, for as low as $500 or in some cases as much as 10000 right, for that individual. That's a range. That's a big range. What that does, though, is that makes it affordable. It's all about your budget. Right. So if I give you an example, and I'm looking at one of the, one of the sheets, so with everything mm-hmm. I just mentioned. Just he brought you, notes. I brought notes. You have to bring notes. You have to study. <laughs> they say you have to study to show yourself approved. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just to give you an idea of some of the costs, I'll give you an idea. So that same individual that I told you, she took the five, I think she took at the time the $5,000 IUA because that was essentially like her out of pocket deductible, right. right? And she was paying two two eighty something. Yes, yeah, what it was? It was two eighty two. No, it was two ninety five at the time, right? That's what it was. Actually, two ninety five. So she is thrilled because you go from nine forty two yeah to two ninety five. That's that's a dramatic, so why that's would, a vacation a month right, right there. That's, that's so what why would a retirement planner say we go from nine hundred to two ninety five? You want to know why? Because now I just saved you $600 plus. Right. You can now put that into some sort of Roth. Right. Or traditional IRA that you can do for yourself to put away more money instead of paying for health insurance in case something happens. Yeah. So you're talking about legacy building at this point. That's yes. what you're enabling people to do, which is right. fantastic. So so we're going to get into that here shortly. We're going to come back, and we want to talk about some of the different options and kind of how it works more. So we'll go delve a little deeper on the shared health plan. I do want to ask you about HSAs a little bit. Sure. I, I know we don't want to get into it too, too much, sure. but that is another option for people out there as well. That's what you're hearing a lot about are yeah. HSAs. So we'll talk about that when we get back. Justin Kazepis, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com. Coming back at you. Looking to build a YouTube channel to get leads and sales for your business? Real Results can do that. Looking to create a podcast that positions you as a thought leader? Real Results can do that. Are you looking for video content to help market your business online? Real Results can do that. If you need help with marketing or even training videos, then it's time to get real. RealResults.io Todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com. Justin Kazepis joined by the retirement wealth coach, Stephen Crawford here, uh, a renaissance man of yes, many yes. different companies, hats, <laughs> all that kind of stuff we've been joking about today. But the, the topic is health insurance, and, yes. and the topic is life's long-term strategy, right? And if you're a business owner, or you're even 1099, and you've got you know a successful business, because you know I'll say if you're 1099, you still can have yeah. a successful business, right? There's nothing wrong Absolutely. with being an independent contractor whatsoever. But you've got to consider health insurance. So, so Steve, we've been talking about these shared health plans. Um, there's what's also out there called HSAs. Briefly, tell me what about an HSA? It's a health savings account. It essentially allows you to put away money that can be used tax-free mm-hmm. on various different health care costs. Yeah. Uh, and the good thing about it is, it, unlike an, what they call an FSA, you can roll it over. So it goes from, go from year to year. So that's, that's the beautiful part about an HSA, that it can be used to pay for. My wife uses it all the time. She used to use hers when she worked for a company. Now she has her own pet-sitting business. Go ahead, baby. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> she's doing her, you know, but now, you know, she used to use her HSA all the time to put money away. So, so it's basically, a, I mean, for someone like you who goes to the doctor once every 10 years, you could literally build up a good support you could. stash you basically could. for retirement right. in there. Like, <laughs> but they, they kind of want you to use it at some point on health care. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm kind of the exception to the rule. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's a just a, an account that allows you. And what I've seen with these accounts, so going back to the healthcare, traditional healthcare co- companies have gotten smarter also. And so what they've learned is that, okay, we know our prices is rising, but there are alternatives beyond medical cost sharing. So what we've seen in traditional space, let's just say a United Healthcare or one of these other companies, what I've also done with some of the bigger companies is that they've said, well, you know what, to reduce your cost, let's just do a high deductible plan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And HS, you can have an HSA that's essentially a high deductible plan. That's all right. it is, Right where they can put aside money as they're using until they reach their out-of-pocket maximum or their deductible. It could be one and the same. Mm-hmm. And so then once you've reached that, you now have access to your health care provider at no additional cost except out, outside of you paying your monthly premium, right? right? So we've also seen that at play where it's not an all or nothing mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, an employer group or an individual. The individual has a little, some less options, but an employer group, they can say, okay, we're going to provide – this high deductible plan, and then we're going to take a medical cost sharing plan and couple it with it and right. say, or a shared health that I was telling you about, shared health alliance, and say, okay, now we're going to provide you both of these options within the plan. Most major major companies will offer you, even small ones. Well, I remember we've had groups that had three or four people. Right. And they had three different health plans. Yeah. That they offer to their group. And that's one of the statistics out there, are the category, categorizations of businesses. Um, a small business. How many employees is considered a small business uh, from a Well, it depends regulation. on if it's healthcare or if it's, or if it's, in my opinion, if you have less than, you've, you've seen the numbers. Some people say if you have less than 400 employees, that's considered a small business. 400 business. employees is considered a small business? I don't know what world these people live in. I don't know what world they live in either. Business. But to me... And the 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 government, the healthcare gov, they think fifty and less okay. is small. Okay, fifty or less. I, that's I, more reasonable, yeah, but that's more still reasonable. high. Though. It's still high. I, I, my sweet spot, to be honest with you, is really working with twenty five or less. Okay, I like working in that space. I mean, it's less bureaucracy. There's less. Oh, well, go see the HR department. Oh, you are the HR department, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's just less. And but the bigger brokers, and this is the thing I I, I was saying off the air. There's brokers that I went to a company that has 70 employees, and the guy says, I've never heard of this stuff. Why my broker didn't tell me about this? I just looked at him. Your broker doesn't know. Yeah. Or they're too comfortable in the monies and the relationships that they have with the Blue Cross, Blue Shield of the World, United Healthcare's, that they're not going to bring you anything new. Yeah. See, that's the other thing I want to touch on. You have to have some, and I'm not going to disrespect any advisors because there's a lot of advisors do a great job. Of course. Here, right? Yeah, absolutely. But the key question... We aren't haters here. No, no. We are not haters here. (laughs) We're not. (laughs) But I would ask ask your advisor, are you really a fiduciary? Meaning that can you go outside of your current relationships and find me the best solution? Mm. And a lot of times if they cannot do that, then you you have your answer. Wow. That's a bold question. I, didn't, I mean, to think that that someone would actually ask that question when we're talking about health insurance, because before we really got connected, um, and I got to get full people full disclosure. So, so Steve, <laughs> Steve, and I are working on what for Kazepis Law as far as the health insurance. I give people full disclosure every yeah, of course, so, of so course. I I like introdu- introducing people to superstars, so you're one of them. So there Thank you go. You. Thank uh, you. And one of the conversations we had was, hey, there's options out there. Just that yeah. simple fact of knowing there we don't options. have to have a one size fits all kind of concept, which I think is 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 what a, a big misconception is in healthcare right now. There's a lot of debate. 
that's mm-hmm. going on, right? There's a lot of rhetoric out there. There's a lot of conversations being had. There's a lot of headlines out there. But we want to talk about the real side of health insurance and the options. So let's get into some hypothetical situations, right? Sure. So let's say I'm a small, a boutique business owner I was educated on uh, <laughs> last time is what I should call it. Uh, with just a few employees, no, not close to 50. Uh, right. And I'm looking at the potential for a shared health plan. Mm-hmm. What am I looking at in regards to a balance between cost benef- and benefits, right? Because that's really what the, the conversation leads to is, okay, I get those benefits. They're fantastic. What's it going to cost me? Right. So kind of what are the factors that a shared health plan looks at when it determines those concepts? That's a great question. And it's a great question because people are familiar with traditional health care about participation. Right. Right. Most and the smaller you are, the, the health insurance companies require more participation. Mm-hmm. And so, folks, if you're not aware of that, what I'm talking about simply is, is that if you have seven employees, the health and traditional health insurance companies want at least 70 percent participation mm-hmm. before they'll give you a really a quote. And if you fall under that participation, guess what happens? Your rate can go up. Mm. Read the fine print. Is basically Read the what fine print. Yeah. 70 to 75% is, is typically participation. In the group space, when it comes to any kind of medical cost sharing plans, no minimum participation is required. Wow. That's a big difference then. Huge difference. That's huge. Huge difference. Because then you're enabling your employees to have the option they yes. want too, beyond just the provider plan that you're mm. doing. Not only is it uh, uh, there's no minimum participation, there is also no minimum funding amount by the employer that is required by these companies. So you it could, if I was cheap, if I was frugal, frugal. I'll say, if I was frugal, <laughs> I could say I'm not participating, I'm not pr- providing right. any coverage for you towards your plan. You could. I don't but, do that, but I'm right, of course, yeah. you're just <laughs> fantastic. So. But this is this opens up the door for that small group. Even on the larger side, they could do. They could still do it, and they could do what I said before. They could do a traditional HSA and then bring in some of these plans for the actual benefits that you can use today. Yeah. But the smaller companies, they now have a greater option. When I talk about being able to compete, your brokers that don't, they say, "Oh, I'm not, it's too new." Some of these companies have been around since 1981. Right. Your broker is incentivized in some ways to continue his relationship with these traditional carriers. Of course. Don't don't get me wrong. I have relationships with these carriers. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we decided, and I say we, me and my partners, silent partners, I'm, I'm pretty much the guy who makes most of the decisions, but we decided that we would not have any mandates. Mm-hmm. And if a company says, and I can tell you, the cross has mandates. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at a contract, and they told me, quite frankly, you have to have X amount of dollars of business, and your focus needs to be on this. And I said, well, okay, that's great. That's great. I said, but here's my dilemma. If I'm sitting here with a client, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at them, the other companies, United, Aetna, and whoever else, and these medical, and I say to my client, well, this is who I have to sell, right? I can't, first, I'm not going to, I couldn't tell you that, but you need to tell them that. Yeah. And then I know that there are better options Again, I go back to the question, are you being a fiduciary? Mm-hmm. Because I'm now having to sell something in order to keep a contract. We won't do that. We need to provide you with the best options available, whether it's them or somebody else, 
we don't have we don't have to worry about someone dictating to what we need to do. Steve, I I, I wonder if we should shut this down right now because you are disrupting the marketplace <laughs> by making a statement like that to where there there will be people that that potentially see this and say, whoa whoa whoa, did he just tell them the truth? Did is that what just happened? Uh, and, there's a, there's a comment that I've made. I've coined this phrase, Justin. I said the the, the truth is a hard pill to swallow when you're used to chewing lies. Ooh, it's deep. Let that one process for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but but you're giving them the opportunity. And, and this is kind of clicking because I've been having a conversation with, with, with another um, good friend of mine who, who who I bounce business ideas off of and stuff. And this concept of even a – let's get back to real estate brokers and the fact sure. of having a team of, of agents, right, of brokers in the marketplace that are all 1099, right, to where you're not actually paying them a salary. Right. But to incentivize some of these ones to say, hey, if you join our team, we're going to provide you with a portion of your health insurance coverage. It's huge. And when the cost is effective to be able to do that, imagine that potential Mm -hmm. that is even changed within the independent contractor realm. Because you don't have to be an employee to provide to pay for somebody's coverage if they're willing to, you know, have whatever type of agreement that it takes to make that happen. They'll simply bill the one person, whoever's paying for it. Yeah. Think about how that could change the atmosphere (laughs) of business. So it's huge, and the potential's there. So something like this that if people knew about, I think that they would reconsider their options because it's a tough job market out there. And I say tough for the employer Mm -hmm. right now because there are so many jobs available that you've got to be able to offer employees true benefits. you got to be competitive. You have to be competitive. And Steve, you know, (laughs) look, and and, and you you can obviously tell if you can see Steve and I right now, (laughs) there are some differences between us. Um, I would never throw Steve under the bus with his age or anything like that because he is a young man. Uh, But I am a millennial, right? Right, right. And you hear all the talk right now because I do believe truly that there's a generational shift occurring right now. And millennials, and what do they, the headlines, millennials are this, this, and this. (laughs) Millennials don't do this, this, and this. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, are you is the person that wrote this a millennial is, is right. one of the things I consider. But um, millennials really do understand this concept that there's more than just pay. Mm-hmm. Benefits are real and that when people talk about retirement and health insurance mm-hmm. at these big megalodon companies, which Charlotte is headquarters for a lot oh, yeah. of big Absolutely. companies that, that pride themselves on benefits, it's a true factor to think mm-hmm. about. So if you are a, a boutique business owner and you're Love really boutique. boutique, right? See, I can't even take credit for that. That was Brian Walker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then you have to really start thinking about the benefits and the options. So exploring this, absolutely, where I think there's a lot of people that thought it wasn't even possible. Yeah. Well, and and Justin, you bring up a great point about millennials. And for the for the record, I'm 49 years of age. Oh snap! You know, so I, I didn't say it. Yeah, but I'm 49, and and yes, I look good. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, but I have a millennial spirit. Yes, because it's millennials. The one thing about millennials, your guys are the next wave of changing the game. The technology that you're bringing forth, you're 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 thinking outside the box, and so a lot of folks get comfortable in tradition, mm-hmm. right? And it's hard for people to break chain with tradition. I am not simply I am not saying I don't use traditional companies. Right. I use them when necessary. Mm-hmm. Right. And but I understand that there's more. Mm-hmm. You know, and so people are not being shown these things because again, they're not being told. And you have someone here that's a lobbyist that's saying, never do this. Never right. do this. Right. Or you should never do that. And the reality is everybody's situation is different. Right. And so the one thing I will say and I have to say this is that some of the change that you're starting to see with your traditional healthcare companies have come because of this groundswell 
of demand for change, right? Yes. There's something called virtual medicine. Telemedicine, you guys may be familiar with. Yes. Telemedicine plans have now been a big part of your traditional carriers. But here's the difference. They're charging you based on your plan if you can use it. Right. You got a high deductible plan, you can't use your telemedicine until you've reached your deductible, right? If you have a copay plan, it's copay driven. What if I told you that these medical cost sharing plans, if you take a, their premier plans, which is their better plan, there's no cost in addition to the, having the virtual medicine. I think people would be shocked to hear that answer, to be honest with you. And it's unlimited usage. Wow. And now they've taken virtual medicine to another level. So typically virtual medicine, folks, just for you to get an understanding of it, virtual medicine was typically you're talking to a U.S. board certified doctor that has at least seven or ten years of experience. They can diagnose you over the phone, over your tablet, and then send your prescription to the local pharmacy. You can pick it up. Why is that important, Justin? There's no time missed out of work. Mm. There's no co-pays you're having to pay mm. because you have to take out from work. The cost that it drives to the employer's plans because you're using your insurance. So guess what happens when it's time for renewal? Boop, we got to pay high rate, pay mm. rate, mm. right? And so you avoid a lot of that when you can actually use it. But if your plans are based on high deductibles and co-pays, the utilization rate is not going to be that great. Right. But if you have an unlimited plan that is within your that same 295 I was talking about, her virtual medicine was free. Right. That's wild. And that's where the debate really, I think, lies at its heart is, okay, so we want to be able to provide people with health insurance. We want everyone to to be able to have coverage. But then what's the cost analysis right. to make that possible? So if you're going to have an extremely low monthly payment, you're going to have an extremely high deductible. Absolutely. And you're going to have to pay that deductible before your benefits truly kick in versus something like this where it's shared mm -hmm. and understanding that, hey, all of this money is being utilized toward true health insurance, and it's a group plan toward that's what bounces out. Where you got someone like Steve, who's Mr. Superman over here, goes to the doctor <laughs> once every 10 years, right? He's not utilizing the benefits as much as someone else who may be, I'm going to say the word seasoned, a little bit more seasoned, um, <laughs> who needs a little bit more coverage and actually needs to utilize those benefits more. So that's why these shared programs balance each other out to make that possible. Because Absolutely. when you're talking about insurance companies and, and and it just is what it is. You mentioned, you know, the lobbyism concept and the effort that's out there. These are for-profit mm -hmm. companies. Right. And I've said this before. If you go back to episode one of this show, if you go back to episode one where we talked about affordable housing, mm. for-profit companies, the purpose is to make money for its shareholders. And that's the bottom line. Message. As they say, <laughs> well, and, and and that's listen. I'm all for profit. I'm all for capitalism. Of course, this is what we I'm do. a boutique business owner. Right. <laughs> I want to make more money. Want to make more money, but I want to be able to keep more of my money. Oh, and I want to be able to use my money so that I could actually have a retirement, so that I can actually see some growth in the future. And so, with healthcare rising, there are other options that we talked about. If you remember, I was telling you about direct primary care. Yes. DPC, that's an acronym for direct primary care. What's going on? We talked about it off the air, and I want to talk about that because of a lot of the folks that have left Carolina Healthcare Systems that are now part of Atrium, right? Mm -hmm. Big Tryon Group is a huge group, medical group that left Atrium, right? And they've set their own doctors away from the whole healthcare system. And the question is, so why did people leave? They just didn't like, they didn't like the name change? It was, I mean, <laughs> it was more confusing. It was, it was more confusing, to, to right? switch completely. No, it's, it's <laughs> obviously a lot more involved than that. And so, but what, we, what we're seeing is that a lot of the physicians are saying, listen, 
I'm tired of dealing with the insurance companies. I'm tired of all the bureaucracy. I want to be able to deal with my clients and my patients and give them better care. We joked about this, Justin, as far as when you go to the doctor, <laughs> and I've been twice in 10 years. I was going to say, it's been a while since you've been. Right. I think you're about due. Your decade's almost up here coming right. up. On I didn't go last year, though, so I didn't go. So, so, but when you go to the doctors, how what patient care are you getting? How much time did you, your doctor spend with you when you saw him? To be nice to my doctor? Um, I mean, he answers my questions. I'll say that. I don't want to throw him under the bus because I don't, you know, I don't want right. to go in there. Um, <laughs> but, but you can tell that, that they're overbooked. You can tell that these major corporate mm-hmm. doctor offices are overbooking on purpose. You yeah. can tell. Yep. And I say that because direct primary care is the 180 degrees yeah. separation from traditional doctor's care. The direct primary care, which can be in addition to what I'm talking about, or it could be coupled with the medical cost sharing to act as the catastrophic piece, Mm -hmm. you have unlimited doctor visits. So you're talking about the concept of what you see in in, uh, seasoned movies. I don't want to say, I mean, I guess I'll say old-timey movies, right? Right. You're talking about movies like where the doctor would make the house call, or there would be a, it's a small practice of, you know, there's two or three doctors here, and you can go see them and call them, and they know your name, and they know about you, and, oh, how's Susie doing with that broken arm? You know, like that, yeah. And that's what we're talking about. So you'll never hear this conversation from traditional brokers because, again, I go back to that mandate yeah. and that response. That rela- I don't care. My relationship is to my clients, period. Right? You actually care about the service your clients are getting. Absolutely. Wow. Direct primary care, they have monthly memberships as low as – there's one lady who charges $50 a month for unlimited usage. And that's in that boutique concept. That's that in I that already, boutique concept. Yeah. But now, instead of you sitting there waiting – an hour or whatever for you to sit down with your doctor, this doctor is sitting there with you for 20, 30, 45 minutes. Just your time is her time or, or his time. Yeah. So there's more patient, better patient direct care in that space. And shout out to Leslie Ware who's doing some things over there doing that. Oh. But this is these, these physicians who have moved away from the system mm-hmm. – to create a better patient care. It's it's literally taking what we talked about before about the virtual medicine yeah. to another level. Yeah. Because now you're actually with the doctor. Unlimited. A family plan, I think me and my wife were looking at this uh, recently. I think if she was gonna they were gonna charge a hundred and something dollars a month for a family. Wow. People just fell out of their seat, by the way, when they just heard that number. But yeah, I, I, I could believe that. Do you think that's where the future of the do you because I, I look at a place like Charlotte where mm-hmm. where we're at and it's so uh, corporatized the health right. insurance, at least in our marketplace. I mean, granted, there are some some major headquarters here for, for health companies, which is fantastic because it enables our marketplace to have advancements and, and, and testing and stuff like that. That is just wonderful. But do you see it going back to that boutique concept of personalized health care? I would hope so um, because I think that's what we're in need of. I yeah. sound like a Stevie Wonder song, but <laughs> we're in need of, of that that care we're yeah. in need of a more personalized touch there was a time when you were growing up in north carolina in charlotte if you're not from here this may sound like a foreign concept but you would go somewhere even as in the midst of this is the south but you would still see somebody say hey how you doing yeah we wave with all five fingers here right, right? i bet you like that difference yeah. compared to new york yeah absolutely <laughs> it was just one in new york <laughs> hey can you tell me how to get to the hey, man get out of here yeah. you know so but i remember coming back from new york and I was in my in my early twenties, and I'm thinking, and I forgot I'm not in New York. Yeah, 
people were speaking to me. I'm at the gas station, pump again. Hey, how you doing? What you want, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to realize, I don't have any. I don't have right, it. I don't have yeah. it. Yeah. And it was, hey, just how you doing? I, yeah. Oh, I forgot I'm in Charlotte. Yeah. That's going away here, though, now. There are a lot of people that are transplanted that have moved here, and that energy is different. Yeah. And so greater patient care, and if I sound passionate about this, I am, as you know. And so That's your own fault. That's my own fault, right? <laughs> and so, but I, I am committed to change, and I want to educate people that there's more. That's right? fantastic. That's my thing. There's more. There's a better way. That's awesome. When we come back, we are going to get into the retirement concept beyond just health insurance because Steve's getting excited right now because he knows this is this is his sweet spot. So we're going <laughs> we're going to touch on the sweet spot with Steve when we come back. Justin Gazebis with today's real talk, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com. Hey, I'm Justin Kazepis, host of Today's Real Talk. As I've mentioned, I'm also a real estate attorney. My firm, Kazepis Law PLLC, focuses on residential real estate closings. Taking my years of experience as a real estate broker, I have chosen to make quality of service the top priority for my law firm. Kazepis Law currently serves seven counties in North Carolina. Mecklenburg, Iredale, Cabarrus, Gaston, Lincoln, Catawba, and Union County. Find out more about my law firm, including scheduling your closing at residentialreclosings.com. That's residentialreclosings.com. And now let's get back to more of today's Real Talk. Todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com. I'm Justin Kazepis. Been with you today on the journey with... uh, a man of many hats, I will say. The retirement wealth coach himself, Stephen Crawford of Ford Insurance and Fig Wealth Management. Did I say that right? Ford Insurance? Ford Insurance Group. You got it. Ford Insurance Group. Excuse me. I want to make sure I get yeah, that group. tag <laughs> proper on there for such a prestigious man that decided to join us today. So, Steve, we got to talk about your sweet spot, man, though, too, because health insurance is definitely a portion of it. But you look at the long-term strategy, which I've talked about multiple times today. There's an old saying out there, a seasoned saying, I will say. Uh, you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Absolutely. So what's your bread, I don't want to even say bread and butter because I'm, I'm, it's not even about the money, but it's about the money, but it's not about the money because you really want to help people <laughs> make more money and keep more money for when they retire, is retirement wealth strategies. Right. That makes people nervous, Steve. I'm going to speak on behalf of all the boutique business owners out there that are are starting to grow their business or saying, hey, I might have something that's pretty darn good here, and I need to do something with this cash, <laughs> and I'm scared to give it to anybody because any place else besides Granny's mattress is just not going to work for me. <laughs> so I have, over the years, learned a little bit about stocks and things like that. Sure. Those make me nervous, Steve indexes and and mutual funds and which market is doing well how's japan today right <laughs> like i'm worried about what's going on in charlotte right now right. and i don't have time to look up japan wow so what are the options out there steve for business owners how many where do we start there are plenty of options when the first option starts with you have to be aware of the options right? yes and you also have to be willing to be educated and so there are a lot of folks that have already made up their minds about things. And I've, my grandmother had a saying, a closed mouth never gets fed. Mm. A closed mind will never receive new information. Mm. 
So if you are unwilling to learn things that are new, you're probably not going to be a client. Yeah. You know, because one of the things I don't spend a lot of time doing is trying to trying to convince someone of anything. Right. My job is to educate you and let you know what's out there and what you didn't know was out there. And then you kind of have to make an educated decision yeah. and we can make it together. There is no part of the book that I'm writing, obviously, with Jack Canfield. I think I told you about this. Uh, I think the success, for, success formula will be out next year, by the way. Yes, Steve is an author, uh, <laughs> BT Dub, uh, right. as well. And this is clearly on retirement planning. And, and what I try to tell, explain to people about whether you're a business owner, uh, uh, 1099 or W-2, it's all about understanding that when we retire, you're going to be drawing from two buckets. Okay. Right? That first bucket is tax-deferred money. Okay. The second bucket is tax-preferred money. That's it. Well, break it down for me on the difference there. What are we? What, what's in each of those categories? What are the potential? Not sure. all of them, because obviously, sure. like you said, there's so many. There's so many. But give me a couple examples of each, what you're looking at in each bucket. When we think about tax deferred, you have to think your IRAs, okay. your 401ks. Traditional, traditional IRAs. IRA. Okay, gotcha. Traditional IRA, your 401ks, any sort of qualified money, mm -hmm. right? That's tax deferred because you've never paid taxes. Mm -hmm. It's been deferred. Right. Right? So when you get ready to go to retire yeah old lovely uncle sam says hey hold up wait a minute but wait <laughs> there's more there's more <laughs> the guy was screaming and spit on it there's more right you've got to pay me now yeah you've got to start paying me some tax money yeah there's also something called required minimum distribution rmds for short the rmds say if you're 70 and a half years of age you now have to start taking this money out even if you don't want to wow they, dict they can dictate that. They can dictate. And then you're going to be taxed at whatever your bracket is at that point, right? Absolutely. Wow. And so when people understand tax deferred, you need to understand all of those vehicles. And here's the biggest thing I tell people. And I'm not against tax deferment. No. It's about a balance. It's right? an option. It's an option. And there's, there's, there needs to be a form of a balance in terms of your planning. But the majority of people out here have the, most of their money in tax deferred accounts. Okay. Here's the problem with that or the challenge that you're going to face. Right now, our tax bracket has been reduced down to its lowest it's been in a while. Right? Quite, quite nicely, I'd quite say. Quite nicely, <laughs> right? right. I, I'm actually a fan of that. Yes. Um, however, it is scheduled to sunset mm -hmm. in 2025, mm -hmm. right? So as we are retiring, putting away all this nice, lovely money in the tax deferment, here's one thing they've already discussed. Our current administration has talked about taxing your 401ks mm. so that they can pay for the debt that we have, right? right. Got to pay for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's not debt. funny money. It's I not mean, funny money, right? <laughs> I wish we could. It's real. It's real money, yeah, right? Yeah. So I want you guys to think about something very seriously. So if your money has never been taxed today, we have $19 trillion in debt and growing, right? I don't even know how many zeros that is, Steve. <laughs> I don't know if I have enough fingers for that, to be honest with you. but $19 trillion, Yeah. right? So if they're going to pay this debt down... And guess how much money we have in our 401ks and IRAs? About $19 trillion. <laughs> how wonderful do those match? Yeah, right. <laughs> so where do you think if they're going to reduce this deficit and get rid of some of this, where are they going to go? Right. They're going to go there. So your tax bracket today might be 12%, might yeah. be 15 might be 20 But tomorrow when you think you're retiring and you figure that, well, I'm older now, my tax bracket is less, no, you've accumulated more stuff. Right. You have more assets when you get older, right. right? So your tax bracket could actually be a lot higher. Right. So that's why 
you have to have some monies in what we call tax preferred bucket. Okay. Tax preferred is simply tax free. There are only three things that I know of that exist as tax free: mm-hmm. municipal bonds. Mm-hmm. But that depends on where you live. That's okay. A, we can, we'll go on into another day. But that's a, that's an interesting thing. But that's another subject that I could talk about because I'm also social national social security certified advisor. Look, here's another company. That's another a, company. Throwing another company. Well, it's just a designation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I help people a lot with social social security claiming strategies. Okay. Right. So and they don't understand that municipal bonds is considered part of that provisional income. Okay. I'll talk about that later. So tax preferred or tax free. Right. You have municipal bonds. You have Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. You also now have Roth 401ks, but a lot of companies don't. A lot of people don't know they exist. Mm. And you also have cash value life insurance. Mm-hmm. These are tax-free options, meaning that they have already been taxed and they can no longer be taxed in the future. So your gains are not taxed. Is that what you're saying? Your gains are not taxed. So I, I pay tax and put a dollar in left over post-tax, right? Mm-hmm. I've already paid tax on the income. I'm putting in a dollar into this account. In 30 years from now, let's say it's got the best rate possible ever made up in life, and it's a million dollars later, let's say. Tax-free. Tax-free. The Roth IRA has certain restrictions, though, that people are not aware of. They just think, oh, the Roth, Roth, the Roth. The Roth IRA, if you're a high-earning individual, mm-hmm. this year I think it's gone up to maybe, if, especially if you're married filing jointly, it's over 199000 maybe 203000 You can no longer use a Roth. Okay. You are phased out. Okay. Now, the average person is listening, they don't have that problem. Right. But you can no longer use a Roth. The Roth also has a five-year rule. There's a five-year test, no matter what age you get it at. Uh-huh. If you're 59 and you decide to do a Roth, you still got to wait five years. Really? Before it's tax ple- tax completely tax free. Okay. Right? There's certain hardships they'll give you for health. Mm-hmm. Again, there goes that health thing again. It's important. Uh, it's very important uh, to pay health care expenses. That can be extremely expensive because right. your plans didn't cover it or you, you had a high deductible plan. Right. So there are other reasons why the, the health care comes into play. And there are also there's a market risk with the Roth. Uh-huh. So you could be in a, in a market that goes great, and then the market could go sour, and then your Roth is, is accumulation story has now been affected, right. right? So the Roth has certain limitations also in terms of what you can contribute every year. Right. It's $5,500 a year, or if you're over 50, it's 6500 a year. Well, they got to let you catch up somehow. They got to let you catch up. Yeah, catch right. up provisions. Yeah. However, if you make $150,000 a year, $120,000 a year, if your realtors out here who are listening to the show – you guys are making pretty good amount of money. Some of the ones that are more successful. Yep. That's not going to cover it. Yeah. That's not going to cut it. So a lot of folks are not aware of the cash value life insurance aspect, mm-hmm. which has been around longer than the IRS. People don't know that. Wow. Been around longer than the Securities Exchange Committee. Mm-hmm. Longer than a lot of these other companies has been yeah. around, right? Yeah. The cash value life insurance policies can actually grow tax-free, and they can be overfunded. There's no limit to what you can contribute. So, Steve, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you because there's some people right now that just checked out because what they think you're talking about, <laughs> what they think you're talking about is whole life insurance. That's what they think you're talking about it right is. now by, by it's that. It's a form of permanent insurance. Right. Right. But this is different. It's a little different. Permanent insurance has multiple different layers. It's just like you could do a traditional whole life policy that's a cash value policy, and it does the same thing. It still grows tax-free. There are other policies that are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. There's something called an IUL. An IUL means Index Universal Life Policy. This is one of these rich man secrets that mm-hmm. they don't all tell you, and your broker's not going to tell you because guess what? He don't sell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he don't have it to sell. Yeah. 
So he can't sell it to you. So yeah. he's not going to tell you about something he can't sell. Yeah. Right? So there's something called an IUL, and the IUL has participation rates mm-hmm. and cap rates. Mm-hmm. So to make this simple, if you have a company that has a participation rate of 100% and the market returns 10% mm-hmm. in an IUL, mm-hmm. but it has a cap of 8%, mm-hmm. you can only make 8%. Right. No matter how well and above no matter it goes. how well yeah. it does. But if you have companies that have greater, have an uncapped strategy, which we have at Fig Wealth Advisors, mm-hmm. and have greater than 100%, we've got a company, I shouldn't even tell you this going on the radio because they'll be like, Nah, I don't believe what he just said. We have a company that has a 200% participation rate. Mm. Don't tell and it's uncapped. Don't tell them, Steve. Don't tell I'm them. not going to tell you the company. <laughs> you got to call <laughs> And this, these companies have been around since the 1800s. Yeah. And so am I saying, oh, you should put all your money in cash? No, I'm not saying it. Well, I'm telling you that you need to have balance. Yeah. You have tax deferred or tax preferred. And, and I think that's the big thing with, with, with small business owners, with boutique business owners is – when you take the steps as a, as a business goes through its cycles and its seasons, you, you, you find out what you need and what you want and, and your willingness to learn and to grow and to change. And that's the important part. Don't put this kind of stuff aside because while the tax rates are so nice for everyone, that's the time you take advantage of paying the tax now, putting it into a tax preferred account, um, but also talking with someone who understands the balance and the need to have a diverse portfolio yes. for a tax deferred account. So there are options out there. So to all of my small boutique business owners, independent contractors, think about this stuff that we've talked today. If you're not working on your business, that means you're still working in your business and that's okay, but you want to get to the point of working on your business for the better long-term strategy. That advice was free. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us today, Steve. We really appreciate it. If people want to reach you, what's the best way to do that? Sure. They can reach me at 704-751-9515. 704-751-9515. They can also call the office. 980-216-8487. 980-216-8487. And you can also email me, Stephen at FIGWealthAdvisors.com. Stephen at FIGWealthAdvisors.com. Wow, Steve just dropped the direct connection contact information for everyone to have. So take advantage of that. Justin Gazebis, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com, todaysrealtalk.com. Guys, uh, if you've watched our previous episodes, then you've heard me talk about game changers. Steve is a game changer. Uh, The guests we bring on this show are game changers. We want to help you grow your business. We want to help you succeed in the many avenues of life. I'm but a humble servant here, guys, walking with you. Um, I'm going through these many phases as well. So if you are a game changer and you think people need to know about you because you can offer people an opportunity to do better, reach out to us, todaysrealtalk.com. There's a contact form there. We'll catch you next time. Uh, I'll say bye from Bryant Walker, too, who's behind the scenes always there, always uh, helping out as well. So appreciate you guys. Check us out on Facebook and all the social media platforms.